Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Alisa here and I am back continuing the conversation about weight loss with part two of this series called diet and exercise question mark (laughs) so I'm gonna get right into it today but before I do for those of you who haven't listened to part one I strongly should suggest that you go and listen to that uh, that first one as it really lays out the foundation to my beliefs on weight loss and it gives some perspective on where I began with this journey. So, so, so go ahead, listen to part one and then, and then come back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So diet and exercise. Now I want to start this one off again by saying that these are my beliefs and thoughts around the subject. There are so many opinions out there about how to lose weight and how to keep it off. There's testimonials of people singing praises to specific products and programs that have changed their lives. But my approach is a little bit different. It's a a little different than that. My, My opinion of food is different. My opinion of exercise is different. Uh, and you you might not agree with the things I have to say, and I may be harsh when I say them, so judge me how you want. It is what it is, and this is what I want to say right now about the subject. So here we go. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that diet and exercise are directly related to health and wellness, um, and to weight and body composition. These two things, diet and exercise, are on the health side, uh, directly related to the health of our brains, our organs, muscles, our hearts, our bones, joints, nails, and our skin. Like those things are alive and they're part of us and how we treat them on a daily basis shapes our overall health. Okay. I don't really necessarily need to say that out loud, but I'm going to. And as well, as well as our overall wellness, meaning our energy systems, you know, circulation, digestion, even to things like anxiety levels, depression, emotions, moods, sleep patterns. What else is there? You know, like energy levels. And and most importantly, how we feel living inside of our physical self. That's our wellness. How well are we? How stable is our body? How stable are we? But for some reason, the majority of the world forgets all of those things or it like occurs to them as an afterthought. For example, uh, when you're about to eat a donut or like an entire bag of chips, (laughs) you probably aren't thinking, I wonder how this is going to affect my skin or my pancreas or my blood sugar level. You probably just eat the donut and then afterwards when you're crashing from the sugar high and you feel like shit because you're tired or lethargic, then you might think, oh, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that donut or, 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 or it was probably the donut or maybe it was the donut. 
this is like a tiny weeny example of how food directly affects the way we feel and it happens in our lives all the time like how often do you eat something and feel crappy afterwards think about that is it once a month is it once a week how about every day are you eating things every single day that make you feel shitty like how like foods when you eat foods that make you feel slow or tired or unmotivated for the day like how often does that happen so think about it and think about why you want to make your body feel that way we'll we'll kind of come back to this later possibly in episode in episode three maybe a little bit here i don't know how this is going to go but you know you probably don't equate waking up at night or having a super bad sleep to how much wine you drank the night before or the amount of processed foods you ate in the past week, okay? Or how healthy is your digestive system? What is really going on in your gut? Did you know that like some of the foods you're eating are causing inflammation in your gut and intestines and how that affects your body and your mood and your mind and your skin and all the things part of you? Like when you eat something and immediately feel bloated or gassy or crampy, do you ever wonder if it's a good idea to be ingesting that kind of food? <laughs> do you have any awareness around how food affects your health and wellness every day? That, that's a big question. And I want you guys to keep that in mind as we keep going here. For me, um, I... I was in complete denial about the effects food was having on my body. I'm going to say it straight up. I was in complete denial for years and years and years. I always ate just whatever the hell I wanted. <laughs> whatever filled up the void in my heart and in my gut. Which, whichever was in greater need for that moment, to be honest. So, so no matter how shitty I felt after eating, I, I was in denial and that shitty feeling became my normal. Okay, so it became normal for me to eat and be tired or grumpy or unmotivated or to eat so much that I felt sick. Like, I don't know, I'm that person. I, I would eat so much and feel like, oh my God. And that was normal. <laughs> and at the time, my beliefs and justifications about food were so strong that I never equated those feelings of unwellness to the food. It's so funny. <laughs> I just, I couldn't see that my normal was unhealthy. We shouldn't feel crappy after eating. That's, that's something that I've learned for sure. But just because it's normal to feel a certain way, it doesn't mean it's good for you. And I couldn't accept or see how food was affecting my body. That's sort of the bottom line here. And I can bet that there's a lot of people out there, even listening right now, that are in the exact same boat. They're maybe even just trying to, or starting to figure this whole thing out. But let me tell you, it's all related. And just to further this, notice how I haven't brought in the words weight yet. Or gaining weight and that's because the weight part comes into the picture a little bit later however I want to take this time to just say that the one thing I believe people do understand is how food directly relates to our weight and body composition right like 
we look at unhealthy foods, processed foods, sugar, etc., and think about how it will change the formation of our bodies before it, how it affects what's happening inside of our bodies. Or we think about food as how it will make us fat or overweight or ugly before we even consider how it makes us feel energetically or how it stresses out our organs and causes inflammation in the long run. And you know, certain foods have different stereotypes around them, like how much, like how much fat, how much fat to eat and how fat makes us fat or dairy gives us acne or carbs are the devil. And those things may or may not be true, but health and a healthy body is always defined around weight and body composition. Okay, isn't that interesting? And what what I mean about body composition, for the record, is like your body type, your height, how much fat you carry, how much muscle you have. All of those things weigh differently and every human body is different. So we hold weight and build muscle differently, all of which is perfectly normal. But that's what sort of body composition means for me. So if you're overweight or you have a lot of excess fat, are you unhealthy? If you are thin with muscles and clear skin, are you healthy? Like those are interesting questions. Just thinking about stereotypes and trying to break them a little bit here. It's it. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. What does health mean to you? Okay, everyone sort of has a different uh, definition of what health is. So think about that for a second. Like we look and see the physical exterior of a person's body and judge them to be healthy or fit or unhealthy and unfit. So like, let me tell you, before all this began, I was 230 pounds roughly, okay, and was eating whatever was easier, most convenient, but mostly processed foods, sweets and treats. I loved eating pizza, sushi, sandwiches, pasta, all things that were considered healthy, like not necessarily the worst stuff, uh, but I definitely added in the odd salad for balance. <laughs> and with this diet of eating all my favorites, I used to have the most intense pains in my gut. It was awful. Also, for the record, when I was super heavy, I didn't necessarily consider myself to be unhealthy or unfit. Okay, that's an interesting thing to just add into this. Um, but having those intense pains in my gut, it was awful. I was, I was actually, this is a true story. I was actually in and out of the doctors. I had explosive diarrhea, irregular bowel movements. I had blood in my stool. Okay. I was having blood in my stool and I know this is graphic and gross, but it's true. Um, but that was my normal. And let me tell you now that that is not normal and that is not healthy in my opinion any longer. So I had, I had a, I had a colonoscopy. I was, I was taking bowel relaxers, antacid medication, acid reflux medication, pain medication. Okay. And I was told I had irregular bowel syndrome, which at the time was actually relieving. It's very interesting. I was like, I was almost proud of this diagnosis. I was like, yay, I have irritable bowel syndrome. Feel sorry for me. 
Feel sorry for me that when I eat pizza with double meat and extra cheese that I have serious pain in my gut and I have shit attacks. And I was like, look at all the medications I have to be on. Listen to all of my problems that I'm having and feel bad for me. Give me sympathy. Give me attention. Poor me. All diet related. Okay. All things that I had 100% control over. And I, and I wanted to continue to eat them and just get everyone's sympathy. Feel bad for me. And I know right now it might sound like I'm making fun of my old self and maybe I am to a small degree, but the point I'm trying to make here is that health, like my personal health was at risk. I was having symptoms, serious symptoms, and my body was showing me that my diet was not healthy and what I was eating was not good for me. But instead of changing my behavior, I was putting a Band-Aid on it with all the medications. Uh, and I was and I was looking for others to validate that. Like I wanted someone to say it's okay. Like I would rather eat the pizza and take the pill and slowly destroy my digestive tract, which was happening, than take responsibility for my behavior and my food choices. You know, it's like weighing the scale, like what's more important for me? For me, the food and the comfort that the food brought me was more important than my actual health. Okay, interesting, interesting. My, my body was giving me signs and warnings. My body was speaking to me loud and clear, but I was... I was naive. I was in denial and addicted to eating food, like foods that um, fueled my emotions. <laughs> that I, I wasn't even able to see what was actually going on. So how did I shift into the mindset of health and wellness above all else? Well, like I said before, during this time, I was reshaping my foundation of self-love and self-care but I did have a little boost along the way. <laughs> and what jump-started this for me was uh, the results of a medical examination I received. So I went for an annual physical and my doctor told me that I was pre-diabetic. Okay, this was like back in, I don't know, 2010, I think, 2011. I was, you know, just doing my thing. I was getting my annual physical. I mean, all the times I went, I was perfectly healthy. And all of a sudden I get this diagnosis, like, boom, you're pre-diabetic. And this news hit me like a giant like, knockout punch to the face. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm pre-diabetic? And like sitting back and reflecting on this, I was thinking like, what? I'm single-handedly giving myself giving myself a life-threatening disease like wow what am i doing to myself and then what am i doing to myself became probably one of the most important questions that i kept asking and i didn't always have the answer but usually that question helped to steer me into a better state of awareness let's just say and it helped me look deep into my actions and my behaviors. I, I was literally always one of those people who would hear that someone gave themselves type 2 diabetes and I would judge them harshly. But there I was doing the exact same thing. So how am I different? I'm not. The only difference with me was that that sort of whipped me out of it and I decided to do something about it instead of taking the pill 
the medicine, the, the, the band-aid, I decided to do something. And I decided to change my belief of myself and how to fuel my body. You see, I believed that what, like, I believe right now, I should say, I believe that what we choose to eat and how we choose to behave is a direct reflection of the way we feel about ourselves. Huh? What do you guys think? <laughs> it's, it's something that I never actually thought about until all of this stuff was sort of happening to me over and over. And the reason I'm saying all this right now, the reason I'm, I'm talking about health and wellness instead of body weight and composition is because it wasn't until I wanted to treat all the parts of me, like my organs, skin, blood, brain, hair, all the cells of my body that just happened to be so loyal to me and work tirelessly for me every second with with love and respect. It, it wasn't until I decided that my overall health and wellness was a priority that I could permanently make change to my weight and my body. So for me to lose weight and keep it off, I laid out the foundation. I changed my beliefs about myself, all laid out in part one of this series. And with this new perspective on loving my body and loving my mind and my soul, I wanted to actually nourish it. Okay, so it changed the way I saw food. I wanted to eat food that made me energized and happy all day. That's that's a different that's a different happy than the way, you know, a burger, like a fast food burger and fries made me feel in the moment. I wanted to be happy all the time. And I wanted to eat foods that made me feel good. So I started to care about the health of my digestive tract, as well as the health of everything else that's within me. So now, after all of that, it's finally time to talk about diet. <laughs> now, I, I've brought Stephanie Kay, um, who's, who's a registered nutritionist, onto the show a couple of times because I love her belief on food, on what real food is. And if you haven't listened to any of the podcasts that uh, I've done with her, then go back. Stephanie is, in my opinion, one of the most real, get real, no bells and whistles kind of people. And I love her. And we talk about everything from whole foods to sugars, its effects, um, all the way to figuring out what works best for each person because everyone's different. So now, like Stephanie figured all of this stuff out by going to school and learning about nutrients and macronutrients and all things nutrition. But then she also shaped her beliefs on food based on her own life experiences, um, her experience with product marketing, uh, product brainwashing, and then playing with her own diet and helping others, obviously. So I, I really, all of the podcast, the two podcasts I think I've done so far with her really resonate with me. I love it. And in this whole thing, the way I, I kind of did the same thing as her, but mostly not through schooling, but through the life experience and experiencing how food affects my body. I, I, I learned what works best for me uh, first by yo-yo dieting. <laughs> but then ultimately by doing something drastic. So let's talk about diets. 
Now, now I do want to make one thing clear in the timeline of all of this, that the yo-yo diets all happened before I changed my foundation. Okay. The drastic change happened afterwards, but there are, there are a couple super positive things that the yo-yos taught me and I'm going to explain this. So when I was first trying to lose weight, I, I did what everyone else believes they should do. I went on a diet. Uh, I think the first diets that I did were technically cleanses, but whatever they, they're all designed to make you lose weight, um, and feel better. And they all worked to some degree. And I think, I think I started with this one. It was called the wild rose cleanse. Has anyone else out there ever done that cleanse? The wild rose cleanse. It's, it's still out there. You can buy it at a health food store. Um, it's like a 14 day cleanse to help you clean your colon. It detoxifies. It helps with yeast overgrowth. It resets pH in your gut, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so what you do is you take a bunch of these like all natural herbs and pills or whatever the hell's in the capsules. I don't even know. And then follow like a super strict diet. So I did this cleanse and I felt amazing. I remember like, I think I lost like 10 pounds or 15 pounds or something like that. I literally turned into superwoman. I had energy. I had less bloating, mental clarity, all the things. Okay. It was amazing. I, I I'm pretty sure it was 15 pounds that I lost in 14 days. I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> I basically cleaned out my entire colon and lost a bunch of water weight. And I remember feeling I remember feeling so proud, but then after the 14 days were over, I slowly went back to the exact same way I was eating before and all the weight was back before I knew it. So the next step was the soup diet. Uh, same thing happened. Felt great, lost weight, uh, felt like superwoman. Once the cleanse was over, it was right back to the old weight and feeling like shit again. And then I started to get like more serious into the diets. So I did, I did Atkins. Remember, remember that one? <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it was a fad, uh, several years ago. And then my mom was doing Weight Watchers. So I did that for like one minute. Um, I did this like yeast busters one where I was on a, a very strict diet. Plus I was drinking like copious amounts of psyllium fiber and all this other shit to try to remove the candida from my gut. And that worked too. Like I felt really great. Um, but then back to the old ways I went <laughs> every single time it was like, I wasn't learning. So interesting. And you know, these cleanses and these diets are hard. Like I was fully committed. Like it wasn't easy to do the soup diet or to do the wild rose cleanse or even to do Atkins to like be counting points and like trying to figure out and calculating the point system and stuff like that. It was like, it was totally not easy. Um, and every time I went back to my old way and sometimes even higher, like I gained even more weight than when I started, I was so mean to myself. I, I was judging myself. I was punishing myself. I was like such an asshole inside of my mind. It was bad. My mental and emotional states were just horrible around food. So, you know, one day I, I guess 
after yo-yoing a million times, I decided to get serious. This is, <laughs> I decided to get serious here with my diet. Serious. And I decided to go on the Dr. Bernstein diet. So this, if you haven't heard of this before, um, it's a medically supervised diet where you go into a clinic uh, for weigh-ins and measurements and blah, blah, blah. And you, you meet with a doctor and you, you meet with nurses every time. And you also get B12 injections into your butt twice a week. And that plus a very strict diet of like, they, they have like this food list of the things you can eat. Um, it's like two pages of food. That's it. There's like two pages and there's different categories. It's, it's not a lot of food. Um, but it's basically, I think it's like 1200 calories or something uh, a day. And this diet, it puts you into ketosis. And so when you go in to get your medically supervised wind, you have to do a urine sample every single time. And they check to see if you're in ketosis. And this, this diet was by far like the most challenging because I wasn't used to eating so little for so long. Like this wasn't like a cleanse where you do it for 10 days or 14 days. This was like a thing you just kept doing until you lost the amount of weight that you wanted to lose. Um, but to be honest, like as I got into it and I was very committed as I got into it, it eventually did become easy for me to maintain. And I felt like a million bucks. So I'm going in picture this. I'm going, I'm eating like nothing. I'm going in twice a week, getting these injections into my butt, feel like a million pounds or a million bucks. <laughs> I don't feel like a million pounds. I feel like a million bucks. And during the a three month period of doing this, I lost like 50 pounds. It was fast. Like I was dropping weight like crazy. I lost weight so fast. All of my family and friends were like, wow, what are you doing? And it was funny because I was actually really embarrassed to tell people that I'm on like I was on the Bernstein diet. So I lied and I told everyone I was just eating clean and working out. And at the time, my mom was the only person who knew I was doing this. So I made her lie about it too for me. And it's crazy. Like no one even knows I was on Bernstein diet. Like my friends and family that are listening to this right now are probably like, oh my God, I had no idea. Well, I, I did. I, I did the Bernstein diet. <laughs> and it was crazy because I was losing weight and eating nothing, but I was so embarrassed that I was doing this for some reason. It was weird. I was getting skinny and getting lots of attention from everyone, but I knew it was only because I was on this program, which for the record costs like $1,800 a month. Like I was spending so much money doing this. And in the back of my mind, I sort of knew that it was unhealthy to be eating this way. Like what I was doing was actually unhealthy and, and there was no way I could live my life like this forever. Okay. Just like financially and just like with the food, like just sustaining that type of thing was just really, really crazy. I kind of knew that it was crazy. Anyways, I will say that Bernstein was definitely my most like air quotes here, successful diet like it was the most successful diet I was on meaning I lost the most weight and I also started to shift a bit mentally about food and body image so it did give me that I did have 
that sort of aha when I was in this program. I also feel like it was successful because once I was off it, I didn't gain all the weight back right away. Like when I started Bernstein, um, I at the time I started it, what was I? I think it was like 215 pounds or something. And I went all the way down to 145 pounds at the end. I'm a person that's 5'7", by the way. Like um, 145 pounds for me with the amount of muscle I had was like pretty thin. I was, I was pretty freaking thin. So it's like 60 pounds that I lost in total on this diet. But then over the course of the next year, I was back up to 190 pounds. So I was almost 200 pounds again a year later. And I gained that 45 pounds back slowly. Like it was it was really slow at first. Like I was kind of in a groove and I, I, I finished the diet and I was kind of like eating really healthy. And then, you know, six months later, you know, four, five, six months later, I just... I like went back and I was like, frig again, red flags, not healthy. Oh my God. So my major aha moment happened. Um, when I started to build awareness about that, like <laughs> I started to change my beliefs. As I say in podcast number one, I worked on this for like a, like a long period of time. So so then I guess it was like 2011 or so when I got the pre-diabetic diagnosis, maybe it was 2010, I don't know, something like some, somewhere like that. Um, it was time for me to finally change my behavior. And this is when I learned from the yo-yo diets. This is when what I learned came into play. So I kind of have a list here of the things that I learned and this is what they are. Um, the first thing was, uh, every single diet I did, I felt energized with every single diet. I felt energized. Okay. The second thing is I felt less inflammation or bloating within my body. My body felt better. Um, I also had mental clarity. So my thoughts were clear. There was no brain fog. I didn't even know what brain fog was until it was gone. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have like, I'm, I'm so clear in my mind. Wow. Um, another thing was I slept really well. Uh, fifth thing was I developed motivation in my life. I started to get motivated to move and to do things. I was like, had all this energy and motivation. Um, six was my moods became stable. So if something happened, I didn't like burst out to tears or react with like anger or rage. Like I used to, it, it was interesting how my mood sort of, you know, just kind of, when I was eating really healthy, my mood was stable. Um, the next thing is I, I, I wanted to start exercising. So this kind of goes with like the motivation, but I was actually thinking about exercising and then doing it. <laughs> I was actually exercising. <laughs> and number eight was uh, the last thing that I learned with the yo-yo diets was that I ultimately lost weight from changing my eating habits. So interesting. <laughs> Changing my eating habits made me lose weight. Hmm. What were my eating habits? Time to look into that. So the last one is the biggest. And I decided to make a list of foods that I felt made me feel like shit. Like 
all the foods that I ate that made me feel bad. And this list was long. Has anyone ever done that before? Have you guys made a list of the foods that make you feel bad or kept note of it or like went to a restaurant, ate something, felt like shit and like wrote it down? That's kind of what I did. I made this super long list um, of the foods that I, I didn't feel good in my body. And to be honest, I... I put foods on that list too that I wasn't even sure about, like the ones that might make me feel shitty, but I, I wasn't sure. I just wanted to include every single thing in this evaluation. Uh, and let me tell you, the list was long, but all the diets, the yo-yos, they gave me this information. So I, I knew what foods I was addicted to or craving, but that ultimately made me feel shitty. And I knew what it felt like to not eat them and how good it felt. So I'm actually super grateful for the yo-yo diets. They taught me a lot about what works and what doesn't work. And I'm also grateful that I was able to love myself enough to see this and believe in myself enough to make change. And I took this really seriously, obviously. Like, I, I, I take most things I commit to very, very seriously. <laughs> I, at the time, like, I was giving myself a disease. I was poisoning my body with food. Uh, so I needed to do something drastic. And yeah, I did something drastic. Sometimes we don't need to be diagnosed with uh, pre-diabetes or anything like that, or as pre-diabetic, or even as type 2 diabetes. Maybe we, it's just enough for, for you to like recognize how bad you feel or how tired you feel to make this type of drastic change. So, so this is what I did. Um, I decided that I wasn't going to go on a diet, but that I was going to cut out the foods that made me feel like shit for a year. One entire year. That was the drastic. I wasn't going on a diet for a period of time. I wasn't going on a 10 day, uh, 14 day cleanse. Um, and I believe the year started, it was like April, 2011. Um, and went into the following April, 2012 or something like that. I believe that was the timeline. It might've been 2012 to 2013. Don't quote me on this, but this is what I cut out. I cut out gluten dairy, sugar, caffeine, processed foods, and alcohol for a year. Okay. An entire year. <laughs> so yeah, I cut out all the foods that fell into those categories. Talk about drastic. Yeah. But that's what I needed to do. And yeah, it wasn't easy. I, I did experience a certain level of suffering at the beginning and it was kind of challenging to find foods that I could snack on or make in a hurry or even that I could eat uh, when going out with friends at restaurants. Is like back like six, seven years ago, the gluten-free options were not as readily available. There was dairy in a lot of things. The sugar content and everything was just super high. There wasn't as many alternatives as there is today. So it was, it was actually very challenging. I, I, I kind of downplayed that <laughs> a certain level of suffering, I think is what I said. It was like a, a, a tremendous amount of suffering, but I was 
so committed to myself and bettering my body. I wanted to treat my body in a certain way. So I just endured it. I knew that this too shall pass. It wasn't going to last forever. And as soon as I got over the hump that I was going to start to feel better. And that's what happened. Like it was all worth it because after about a month to like six weeks in or so, my body was starting to feel the best it had ever felt. And I was still pretty high in weight. Like I still weighed a lot. My body composition was, um, I think I was like, I did a, a, a body mass index thing and I was like 20 or excuse me, I was like 33% body fat or 36% body fat. Like it was pretty high. <laughs> and it, but I can't even tell you how amazing it felt to live in my body at this time. So I kept going and that year taught me more about myself than any other experience in my life, like ever. I was so committed to myself and loving my body and treating it like a temple. Like I am a temple, <laughs> right? So are you, you are a temple. You only have one body, okay? You're making decisions and you're eating foods and doing things to your body every single day. You are a temple. What, how are you treating that temple? So during that year, I, I did start to exercise too and I fell in love with running and I started to embrace movement that I love. I didn't go to the gym and pound my brains out because like that made me feel like shit. It's something I hated to do and I had figured that out. So I, I'd figured out that, you know, self love only includes things that I love to do or that makes me feel good. And running was that. So I ran. Okay. Uh, I also, I, I talk about this discovery in a couple of previous podcasts. The first one's called Finding My Fit. And the second one is Fit by Feel with Dr. Kelly Dell, which is a super good podcast. So go and listen to both of them or re-listen to them. Both go deep into the exercise and movement elements of a healthy lifestyle that I have adopted. So if you want to learn more about those, like go listen to them. But at this point in my journey, working on my fitness game was like easy. It was actually extremely enjoyable. It wasn't a battle. Okay. And that, that doesn't mean to say like some days I didn't want to run or sometimes I didn't want to eat super healthy or make those choices. Like it was still like I had to make a conscious effort to stay on this path. I didn't say program or diet. I, it's a path to healthy. Um, but overall the experience was very enjoyable. So I, I know so many people out there who are just in this crazy battle with diet and exercise and they hate going to the gym, but feel like it's the only way to lose weight or feel good in their bodies. But let me tell you, it's not exercise came second to food for me. And that might not be how things roll with you. Um, and either way, it's it's perfectly fine. Maybe you need exercise to, to motivate you to eat better. They do go hand in hand. For me, it was like eating healthy, changing the way my body felt first before I could start to exercise. The, the bottom line was that like my life was changing. People noticed. They tried to do the same thing I did. 
they cut out foods for extended periods of time, but it really never stuck because their foundation, their beliefs about themselves wasn't built around self-love, self-acceptance, and forgiveness, forgiveness of the past, forgiveness of all the things that you're holding on to. <laughs> it, it was, it's all around the belief that being skinny would make them happy. Okay? Does anyone else ever think that? Like, I can't even tell you how, like the number of times I told myself, if I lost X amount of weight, I would be happy. Uh, I would look at, at, at thin women and just imagine that they had the best lives. Well, guess what? I did lose X amount of weight dozens of times, but I wasn't happy. And the reason I wasn't happy was because I was looking for happiness outside of myself. I mean, there were points where I felt happy and felt accomplished and was proud of my dedication for whatever diet I was on. But then, and I can't stress this enough, <laughs> I feel like a broken record here, but like losing the weight and being successful on a diet never changed my beliefs about who I am. I had to put the work in separate from diet and exercise. And to be honest, I continue to put that work in to this day. That is my lifestyle change. The lifestyle isn't diet and exercise. The lifestyle is all things. I changed my lifestyle when I changed my beliefs about who I am. All the other shit that I did, it was just like before, it was just pretending. I was pretending, okay, to be a healthy person. I was pretending to be somebody or something that I was not. And that's why it didn't work before. So going back to why I called this episode diet and exercise with a question mark is because yes, changing the way I ate, changing what I eat and doing movement that I love to do didn't result necessarily with me losing 85 pounds. However, going on a diet and working out like it's because it's because going on a diet and working out won't keep the weight off for good. Okay? It's it it's it's your mental state, it's your mindset around how you are. Every single body is different. It's not about the way you look, it's about the way you feel. Okay? I was actually talking to a coworker of mine who believes she's starting to feel so great. She's making these shifts in her life and it's like, "Yes, I love that. That is way more powerful." than five pounds or 10 pounds, okay? Feeling good in your body all the time is, 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 should be the focus. That, it's so powerful. So start to pay attention to the foods that are weighing you down, literally, <laughs> literally weighing you down. Start to pay attention to what emotional states you're in when you're making poor food choices. And then, how you feel afterwards, like not how you feel before you eat the food or during, it's how you feel afterwards. Those are all learning experiences. You don't have to beat yourself up for eating the tub of ice cream after a bad breakup, <laughs> but it's important to recognize that eating the ice cream was an emotional response and probably contributed to more pain and anguish or stress down the road in your body than, than you deserve, okay? 
So, so like I said, yes, every single body is different. Everyone needs something a bit different to feel good and to live in optimal health. I don't like that word. I'm using it though. Optimal health. <laughs> health and wellness is like, is the key ingredient here. Um, is your body healthy? Are you making positive food choices? Are you fueling your body or are you fueling your emotions? I know when I'm doing both. I like before I was totally 100% fueling my emotions. Uh, I mean, I didn't actually know I was doing that at the time, but once I brought awareness into it, I 100%. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was pissed. I was angry. I wanted to celebrate. I was happy. Like it was both. It goes both ways. Like, yes, I just got this promotion in my job. Let's go and eat 5 million slices of pizza and drink my face off. Like it's the same thing. Like it, it was almost like all the emotions were, were allowing me or giving me permission to eat shitty. <laughs> so what, this is kind of like one of the last questions I want to ask you, but like, what does your diet say about the way you feel about yourself? It is interesting. It is interesting. So to summarize my second weight loss secret, my second secret to weight loss, the first being foundation. Um, the second one is eating foods that only make you feel energized uh, that give you mental clarity, that feel good in your body after eating them, that improve your mood over time. Sometimes, you know, you can't really, it doesn't take one day or one meal to, uh, to, you know, really keep tabs on your mood and to eat foods that are healthy for your cells, for your organs, your heart, your brain. Okay. My third secret is to incorporate exercise or movement that does all those exact same thing. <laughs> like movement that feels good in your body. It, it can be hard. Like I said, just like changing your eating routine is hard. Workouts can be hard. That's not what I'm saying here. But they need to feel good or else they will become unsustainable. You will stop doing that movement. I know I'm not really talking a whole lot about fitness in this element like, or in this element, in this podcast, I'm talking more about food. Like I said, exercise kind of came second to me. Maybe that's why. Um, but working out and treating your body right and fueling your muscles and your circulation and your brain and all the stuff is like super, super important. Even if it's just walking, you don't need to like get your heart rate up to 180 beats per minute for like five hours and like feel exhausted afterwards. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying give your body like some movement, again, walking, running, going to the gym, uh, jumping on a trampoline, uh, whatever, hanging out with your kids, chasing them around. All of those things constitute as exercise to me. It's movement. It's movement that you like to do or love to do. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so you want to be doing things that you can sustain. And the sustainability comes with the feeling that you have inside from doing these things. Keep track of that, make note of it. What feels good, what foods feel good, what exercise or movement feels good. That is the recipe for success. So I think that's all I wanna say today about this subject. 
next week, which is going to be part three, um, in part three is going to be <laughs> in part three, I'm going to talk about maintenance. Okay. I want to talk about body image, uh, social pressures, social reactions to your life choices. Cause that's a big deal. Like when you start changing your, your people around you are going to be like, hmm? um, what is moderation? Ooh, great question. What is moderation? Who and or what is influencing you? And then how to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Um, and like, sorry, let me rephrase that. How maintaining a healthy lifestyle is a constant work in progress. People think that like, yeah, you're super fit uh, or you have a nice body or a nice figure or whatever. I'm not just saying this about myself. I'm talking about like uh, a lot of people. They, they judge you and think, oh, it's easy for you. Let me tell you, it is not easy. It is a constant work in progress. There's this one quote um, that uh, a, a, a friend of mine said to me. It is, um, what is it? Let me think. Oh God, what's the quote? Oh yes, it's uh, being fat and overweight is hard. It's really hard. Being fit and healthy is hard. It's really hard. So choose your hard. Oh my God, I love that quote when I heard it and it totally resonated with me. It's not always easy. There are bumps in the road. There are times where I challenge my own beliefs or I'm in a bad state and I make poor decisions, but I need to always go back to how can I do this better? How can I love myself more and make good decisions about my overall health and wellness? So thank you all once again for listening. I would love to get your feedback. So if this story has resonated with you, please let me know. Let's open this discussion further and, you know, send me direct messages on Instagram at, at Elisa Kareloitz or send me an email. All the information will be in the show notes. Uh, I would also love for you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. Have a lovely day, everyone. Until next time.